Hello and welcome to this, the final programme in this series of Shaklair. I'm Marilyn Crellin. Mish Marilyn Crellin, as Bavalian Kerfal Eriudus a Claire Shaw, Shaklair. On Shaklair and Kirchhoff, in this edition of Shaklair, Previs Gulair, an overview of some of what's on to entertain us in the island at this time. Shan Sail Brow, a look back to some of the entertainment when the island's visiting industry was on an industrial scale. And going right back in time to when the Kings of Man and the Isles were a force to be reckoned with. This evening, Thursday the 17th of August at a quarter to eight, the Glenfaber Chorale will be singing in St Catherine's Church in Port Erin. Admission is free, there'll be a retiring collection and refreshments will be available in the hall afterwards. In Douglas this evening at eight o'clock, the Villa Marina Arcade will be resounding to the sound of Douglas Town Band in a free concert as part of the Isle of Man Arts Council's summer season. Looking ahead to next week on Tuesday evening the 22nd of August at 8 o'clock, Castletown Silver Band will be playing in the Villa Marina Arcade, again as part of the Isle of Man Arts Council's summer season. And the following lunchtime, Wednesday the 23rd at 1pm, Dr Peter Littman will be giving another Free Arts Council concert in the Villa Marina Arcade on the Wurlitzer. That evening, Wednesday the 23rd at a quarter to eight, Karen and John Elliott will be giving a concert in Douglas as part of St Thomas's Church concert season. Admission is free, there'll be refreshments available after the concert and there'll be a retiring collection. Cheshan Skeel Torn, Michian Kreho Taruchas Vamanen, Unsen Imbach Kiertach, Dugoch Sly and Tram Cavaldus Castel Derby, Hioniachnan Digged Sons Tram Lectrach, as Echt Vichad Machiacht Eritram Caval, Rishatulak and Rish, Dust Gerrit and Famine. Van Vachiacht Vai Castel Derby, Gerd Lua, Ach Varietan Slistach Erlenorn, Hus Megiet and Bruin. As heast does growdle. Trevan tram lectrach trogit hoshak does growdle, uns hockey jeg kefi dis tree jeg, va tram volok lectrach ave uns blackpool, rish mush jai bleen egg a treshen. Niai, harawe dere mush jai bleen in the sandma, de drink tram volley lectrach de venus mu cadjin. Goilen in a jay tram and cavil uns bool and yach. Mishen van Vachiak tram volk edda kashtel darby as graudel, rothenyak no. Vaglion graudel of a forgelitek Richard Maltby Broadbent, high Bilgen as crew kathenen. Hugge eritaios glion graudel, de ve trogit nis, dan kiada ek hu Mackay Bailey Scott. Huren taios dostus ek toshak gerasauri, hockey jeg kefid as tree jeg. Van Glion Forslet Antir, the Eek de Rolstjak, Ek Toshak, Miluniston, as high in Hidshevesh Tram dus Graudel, Chow Mui and Tayost, Ek Toshak main Fower. The Derby Castle name has survived, although the building was demolished in the late 1960s. Major Pollock had the original house built to rent out whilst he lived at Strathallan Lodge, which is now the Terminus Tavern. The property was later bought by an advocate fronting a larger enterprise, 
who had a dance hall built there in 1886. This became the venue for popular concerts and one of the biggest stars who performed there for many summer seasons was Florrie Ford. With the huge number of visitors to the Isle of Man, popular songs in sheet music form were a lucrative trade, so songwriters and publishers were keen for stars to make their songs popular. With the added zest of performing in such a popular holiday destination, Florrie Ford liked to include a number of songs which mentioned the Isle of Man. Most famously has anybody here seen Kelly from 1908 and Flanagan from 1909. Florrie Ford had also first been recorded on Wax Cylinder in 1903 and she went on to release many 78 RPM records. Florrie Ford first appeared in Douglas in September 1900 for a two-week engagement at the Derby Castle. Then the following year she appeared at both the Palace and the Derby Castle. She doesn't seem to have been in the island in 1902, and then of course she missed the years 1915 to 1918, but then she appeared every year in Douglas up to and including 1939. As early as 1903 and 1904, she sang what may have been her first Manx-inspired song, All Aboard for Douglas. The later Has Anybody Here Seen Kelly was followed by a number of sequels. In 1920, she recorded this song, cheering the fact that Kelly's got married today. Yeah. 
1920. Kelly's Got Married Today. Hooray, hooray, hooray. What was to be the final song in the Kelly saga? Another famous name of the music halls was Dan Leno, who died in 1904. His son, Dan Leno Jr., went on to write scripts for film and television and also some songs, one of which was recorded by Florrie Ford in 1930 with the question, What Happened to the Manx Cat's Tail? I wish I really knew But there's one puzzle puzzles me And it would be a blessing If you would help to solve it For it's really got me guessing What happened to the Manx cat tail? Manx cat tail, Manx cat tail Poor old cat, it seems all wrong He's little nothing all day long Meow, tell me how And when did they begin? What happened to the Manx cat's tail? Did they chop it off or tuck it in? Recording from 1930 of Dan Leno Jr.'s song, What Happened to the Manx Cat's Tail. There have been suggestions that the Isle of Man was somehow a backwater for having summer seasons with Florrie Ford into the late 1930s. But Florrie Ford remained a popular star in annual pantomime and making a number of film appearances in the 1930s. 
In fact, she'd been entertaining injured troops in a hospital in Aberdeen in 1940 when she collapsed and subsequently died, still only 64 years of age. Matashin echre imidi kiesin un shachle, ta manin leden de lai, ta goilan un simidi actin. Houds das like old dusatai cloy gaiety, de hoil solu je ginu, ta shen de menich, erin order vel cara, na alter je in luchtai, goilan erin erden, na cochloy kiol merish ginu. On asta, for the developer soon, na an je in lucht eshrak, de hoil solu je, na ta slyella ginu. As in faster again, tad goyle rain, na cloy, ma anje sheshak na podden kyoli, as unsa luk deshtakt, ta sly on, ba jinu and faster roshen. Take her trimmed nyes erin irinye, nach vel kagliachin a bee uns kyol. Erin order not pursuun ve goyle rain uns sheshak kyoli faster en yach, as in faster again, for the develle cloy kyol tradishunach, as in faster lurk shen, for the develle cloy pop kyol, na uns poven prash. After ram cairn on the cloy uns sashunen nyau for mall, hammers cleactica as ginu uns ax smooth for mall. There's a number of regular music and song sessions held throughout the island. A sing around on Tuesday evening at the manor in Douglas, an Irish traditional session on Wednesday evening at O'Donnell's in Douglas. A singing session on Thursday evening at the Buffs Club in Ramsey. A traditional session at the Mitre on Friday evening. And also on a Friday evening, a traditional session at the Colby Glen. There's also a Cure as Guild session on the evening of the final Friday of the month in the Albert in Port St Mary. A traditional session in the afternoon of the first Sunday in the month in Laxey Sailing Club. And in the afternoon of the third Sunday in the month, there's a traditional music session at the Mitre in Kirkmichael. As well as that, there are solo singers, choirs and musical groups of all kinds each week in many venues throughout the island. There really is something for everyone in the island's vibrant music scene, so please do make the most of it and enjoy. Another area in which many people take an active part here in the island is that of the visual arts. The Isle of Man Art Festival is an event held only every other year by the Creative Network. It's an island-wide event and it's actually been held over two weekends since the start of August. And this coming weekend, the 19th and 20th of August, it'll be the final weekend. And this time the focus will be on the north. In Kirkmichael, on Saturday the 19th of August, the Pinewood Furniture Studios will be open at Lower Bishop's Court Farm. Now that's on the same side of the road as Bishop's Court itself, just north of Bishop's Court in fact. And this Saturday it'll feature guest artists Catherine Kane, Frauke Watson and Faye Christian. They'll be showcasing their work in the main showroom, while the resident artists there, Sherry Collier, Nicola Dixon... Dawn Kenyuk and Harley Kim will be in their own individual studios. You can see them all at work, have a chat with them about what they're doing and find out about their latest projects. There's parking in the yard of Lower Bishop's Court Farm and the parish pantry will be open for refreshments. That venue then will be open only on Saturday the 19th and that'll be from 11 till 5. 
On both Saturday the 19th and Sunday the 20th, from 11am till 5pm, Quails Hall in Ramsey will be the setting for a diverse exhibition with painting, jewellery, sculpture and photography on display, with work by Michael Starkey, Colette Davis, Suzanne Ekdal, Ronnie Doyle, Patricia Tutt and Shane Lucas. So that's all in the Quails Hall in Ramsey. Further north again, in fact almost as far as you can go, between 11 o'clock and 4 o'clock on both Saturday and Sunday, the 19th and 20th, you can visit Rebecca Odessa in her studio, Anam Cara, which is on the Cranstall Road in Bride. Anam Cara is on the right-hand side, halfway down the road that takes you out directly to the Point of Air Lighthouse. Meanwhile, a good bit further south, the Manx Mural Fest will be taking place in the Onken Community Hub between 10 o'clock and 4 o'clock on Saturday the 19th and from 11 to 4 on Sunday the 20th. Over the course of the weekend, several artists will be coming together to create large-scale mural paintings. You can drop in to see them working. You can even have a go yourself. You'll need to drop in a time or two over the course of the weekend to see how the murals develop. The Manx Mural Fest is actually a separate event, but is working with the Creative Network to make it part of Creative Network's Isle of Man Art Festival 2023. Egetre Henk Gorry Crove and Dus Manin, Henk the Trainee Armit Vakaga Erehon, Vyelian and Sheen Halber, Vagori Heden, Vyelian Isla, Red Tanoy Eger Argen. Van Enemega Gori, Lochlanach, Ach Dega Lux High Lochlan, Imidishi Lochen Roshen, as Vada Jit de Hummel Unselian and Sheen Halber, who rad Lux and Tai Merish Mren Gilgach Vaishen, as Tejikin de Rauer de Hinyach, Uns Lochlanish as Gilg. Van Far Enem Croven et Gori Heden, as Fodi de Velshen Kindachrish and Lauen Liauer Ben Vekiau. Tejikin de Rau and Luktai at Gorikrov and Scan Shaw, as Vakyanglachanok Rishrailti Divlin, Hammers on Shaw, Uns Manin, as Uns Elian and Sheen Halber. Lurk dev and Yoil Manin, Shari Divlin Vairish Mush Blain, yes. Hammers Mudacher Efua, Harish Elian and Sheen Halber, Uns Rarek Vanan as an Elianin. Professor Andrew MacDonald of Brock University in Ontario, Canada, is a historian with particular interest in the medieval Norse kings of the Isle of Man. He's been publishing about the subject since 1997 and has visited the island on a number of occasions to talk about his work. Next Wednesday lunchtime between 12 and 1 o'clock, Professor MacDonald will be talking in the lecture theatre of the Manx Museum about his latest publication, A Visitor's Guide to the Medieval Kingdoms of Man, 1066 to 1275. You can get a ticket to attend the talk for £10 and a signed copy of the book is available for £42. However, there's a special price of £50 if you want to attend the talk and pre-order a book as well. Look at the Manx National Heritage website for details. manxnationalheritage.im on one of his earlier visits, Professor MacDonald spoke to Shachler about his research. I've been thinking about this period for a long time. I actually um, 
came to it by way of my doctoral research, which dealt with the Western Isles of Scotland uh, in the 11th, 12th, 13th centuries. And of course, in that region, in that period, um, you can't help but avoid uh, the, the Manx kings. Um, they're major players in the region. And I did a program of research on the Western Isles and the Hebrides, and I became more and more interested in this kingdom that existed uh, based in the Isle of Man. And when it was time to uh, sort of move on from the Hebridean work and uh, thinking about new projects, that was uh, where I went. And it's been uh, a wonderfully uh, interesting and exciting uh, period to work on. I feel that it's been largely ignored by scholars for many, many years. Um, we have the Chronicle, we have uh, Icelandic sources that talk about these rulers. Uh, we know they're fairly major players in uh, the Irish Sea region, Ireland and Scotland, uh, and yet for, for many reasons um, they've uh, sort of slipped off the radar screen of, of history. Um, I hope that uh, these uh, Manx kings are recognized for, for what they were. The evidence is very sparse and patchy. Um, and I've made the point in a number of uh, places that um, the, the history of the period has to be reconstructed from many and varied sources of uh, different uh, points of origin in many different languages. Um, but the starting point is, of course, the, the Manx Chronicle. Um, but from there, one finds references in sources from England and Ireland, uh, Scotland, Icelandic sagas, Norwegian uh, sources. So if, if, if one is willing to comb through these things and um, spend time working through, it's actually quite surprising what uh, one can recover. Mm -hmm. um, so there is material out there. We have to look for it. There is a family connection, uh, of course, uh, MacDonald. Um, my family has been in Canada for many generations, so um, one has to go way back. I, I guess um, I was sort of aware of that and interested in the Scottish heritage. But, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, one of the things that got me into Scottish history, and in particular the history of that region, was the fact that years ago, uh, dare I say, when I sort of started on that, um, there was very little work done in that field, and the, the kingdom of the Hebrides, uh, the Hebridean portion of the kingdom, was, was one of these forgotten kingdoms. So I saw a, a gap in the scholarship there, uh, and I thought, I'm the person to, to tackle that um, and work on that. And since then, of course, Scottish history as a whole has really uh, exploded and become a dynamic subject, but you'd be surprised years ago how relatively little information there was uh, to, to go away and, and read on that subject. Part of the problem that is part of the challenge with this period in this particular kingdom um, that is a maritime empire, if you like, uh, based on the, the highway of the western seas, um, and you know, the problem is that when you look at uh, places like Man, the Hebrides, Shetland, Orkney from London or from Edinburgh, they seem peripheral, they seem to be uh, out in the back and beyond. But in fact, if you're thinking of things from the point of view of the sailing routes uh, from Norway into the North Atlantic and down the western coast of Scotland, uh, these places are absolutely central. So one of the things we have to do is sort of invert our ideas of what's at the center and what's on the periphery.
Professor R. Andrew MacDonald of Brock University in Canada, who'll be talking about research for his latest publication, A Visitor's Guide to the Medieval Kingdoms of Man, 1066 to 1275, at midday next Wednesday, the 23rd of August, in the Lecture Theatre of the Manx Museum in Douglas. As to Shen Kerleshin, does Gerard and Strange George Shachler. We'll be back with another series of Shachler later on. But for now, from me, Agnish von Marilyn Krellen, Sledden You, 